This week on episode 464 of Priority One, we trek out STLV's two big changes, Jason Isaac's thoughts on Prime Lorca, Jeffrey Combs clears up some confusion, and Jason Zimmerman talks special effects. In Star Trek Gaming, we have a call to action. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 464 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, June 9th, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, June 12th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat. I'm Tony. And in the audio booth is our chief engineer, Skiffy. Hello. Before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on the weekly conversations, whether via social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Captains, maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons, so thank you to our entire Patreon family. Instead of going into that whole spiel about us being a volunteer production, I want to encourage you to join your fellow Trekkies as we get together and support organizations like the ACLU and Black Lives Matter. We joined Trek Movie along with our other sister shows over on the Roddenberry Podcast Network for hashtag Trekkies Together. Our goal is to raise funds for organizations like the ACLU and Black Lives Matter during this very crucial time in our democracy. So we encourage you to check out those links in our show notes and on trekmovie.com. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. (sighs) Star Trek Las Vegas. A place where thousands of Star Trek fans meet to celebrate our favorite franchise. A place that brings the creative minds behind the property and the fans that have helped keep it alive for over 50 years together. A place where you must remain indoors because it's August in the desert and there is fear of spontaneously combusting, melting into the pavement, or becoming a gas through sublimation. Sadly, this year, Star Trek fans won't have the opportunity to officially meet up in Las Vegas this August. But imagine being able to celebrate Star Trek Las Vegas without the fear of looking like that crazy Nazi melty face guy from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. On Friday, June 5th, Creation Entertainment released an update to the 2020 official Star Trek Las Vegas convention. From the release, quote, the 19th annual Star Trek convention's new date is now December 9th through 13th, 2020, and is beaming into Caesars Forum Conference Center Las Vegas, the brand new state-of-the-art $375 million 
billion dollar facility located in the heart of the famed Las Vegas Strip. Caesars Forum Convention Center features direct access to our new host hotel, the newly renovated Harrah's Las Vegas, end quote. So there you have it. This year, the convention will take place in December and won't be at the Rio. Creation followed saying, quote, William Shatner, Walter Koenig, Kelsey Grammer, and more guests have confirmed the new date, and we are currently working on more confirmations, end quote. Now, if you're still not comfortable making plans to travel at this time or simply can't go in December, Creation is suggesting you cancel your room at the Rio, call your airline, and cancel your tickets to the convention through a link provided in their release. But act fast. The deadline to cancel convention tickets through creation is June 19th, 2020. Follow the link in our show notes for the release and the link to cancel tickets if you so desire. Well, that's probably a smarter thing than leaving it up in the air in August. December might still be weird with the coronavirus uh, thing, but at least people will have time to make that decision now. It's not trying to rush here at the end uh, and, and, and try to figure it out. Now, interestingly enough, I already got an automated cancellation from the Rio. Like, they just sent me an email. I did too. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I didn't even have to click the link because it automatically sent me my cancellation. But don't rely on it. Don't wait on this email, right? You, you know how technology is. You know that things go haywire. So if you have not already heard from the Rio that your reservation has been canceled, then make sure to call them. The other thing is this new convention center. Um, from the looks of it, it hasn't been completed yet, number one. Number two, it's still not clear how to get from Harrah's to the convention center. There may be a sky bridge that links the two, but Skiffy has been doing quite a bit of research on this a bit. What, what have your findings been, Skiffy? I don't know anything specifically about a sky bridge. I, I didn't get that far, but I do know that this will, the new center, when it's completed, will be right along the monorail, which opens up a lot of hotel options for anybody that uh, wishes to attend. It's right behind Harrah's. So if you're on the uh, strip looking at Harrah's, this new facility is directly behind it, which is uh, quite interesting. But it was scheduled to open in March, and that was an update as of September last year, but I haven't heard that it's opened, so I assume construction uh, or finishing construction was delayed. Now, Harris has already opened up the promotional sales with a coupon code, and if you received the email from the Rio, it linked you to that. Like it linked you to automatically go to the Harris and take advantage of their Star Trek group code for the event. But at least the nights that I usually go to STLV, which is six days usually, Staying at Harrah's is much more expensive. Not by a lot, not by hundreds, but it's more expensive than staying at the Rio. So if COVID-19 seems to be under control in some way, shape, or form, if I decide to go, then I don't know that I'll stay at Harrah's. I may stay at one of the hotels on the streets that are actually even closer to that conference center. There's a Holiday Inn right there, which is kind of nice. I mean, literally across the street. Actually, the Holiday Inn is a resort Holiday Inn, Skiffy, and it too is very expensive. Oh, have you been chilling at the Holiday Inn? I have, I have not, but I thought to chill at the hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. 
resort so, in Las Vegas. When Jason Isaacs was cast as the captain of the USS Discovery, some people raised an eyebrow. It was interesting that the villain from The Patriot, Harry Potter, and the OA, as well as the voice of iconic supervillains Lex Luthor, Ra's al Ghul, and Sinestro, was going to be one of Discovery's heroes, Captain Gabriel Lorca. As Discovery's first season unfolded and it was revealed that Lorca should have had a goatee, few viewers were shocked. But Isaac's compelling portrayal left fans thirsty for more, and many were asking, where is Prime Lorca? As it turns out, it wasn't only fans asking about the devious would-be Emperor's doppelganger. In an interview with the Empire Films podcast, Jason Isaacs asked that very question. Well, you know, I've met them, we talk. It's not like when Mirror Lorca bit the bullet, there wasn't a clamoring for where's Prime Lorca, but the thing is, it's got to be a great yeah. story. Pike is already there. He's, you know, we know what he's like. We've seen him, he's great. We don't know who Prime Lorca is. Isaacs went on to explain that no one wants to see an indecisive Logi character saying, quote, He's going to have to be mm-hmm. as interesting, as ballsy, and you've got to find him a ship. You've got to find him a context to bring him into a story. And so we talk, and when and if we all come up with something we think is fabulous, I will happily go on the starvation <laughs> diet required to slip into the snakeskin <laughs> uniform again. For the full interview, check out the link in our show notes. Prime Lorca. <laughs> so there was a clamoring for Prime Lorca, and it came from Cat's anonymous Twitter account. I'm pretty sure that's that's where the clamoring was. Was there what? Was there more clamoring, or was that the only clamoring there was? I don't know. Oh no, there were loads of clamoring (laughs) from your other anonymous Twitter accounts. (laughs) She's sock puppeting, sock puppeting Jason Jason Isaacs back into the franchise. It'll be great. Well, that leads us to our first community question this week. Where do you think Prime Lorca is, like in the Star Trek multiverse? Do you want to see him in future Trek episodes? Let us know in the comment section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our community question posts on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A couple of weeks ago, we mentioned the hopeful proposition of a Jeffrey Combs return to Star Trek, this time as Captain Pike's booze-chucking chief medical officer, Dr. Boyce. If you'll recall, Combs was doubtful of the casting, saying, quote, The chasm between what fans want and what the studios want makes the chances of it happening slim to none and slim left town, end quote. But Combs clarified his comments last week when he sat down with friends of the Roddenberry podcast network, TrekMovie.com. Combs told TrekMovie he was surprised that the Twitter exchange had become newsworthy before clearing up his statements. Quote, Some people were saying Jeff says he doesn't want to do it, and that wasn't my point at all. My point was there has always been a disconnect between fans and the networks and studios. It goes all the way back and not just with Star Trek. There is often this disconnect and that is what my tweet was about. What you want and what they want is most of the time not in harmony. I took it as a compliment that people wanted me to be a part of it. It doesn't mean I wouldn't relish it or jump in and embrace it, but I have to be a bit realistic here and it's not likely." End quote. Combs also took the opportunity to explain his reaction saying, quote, I deeply appreciate the enthusiasm of the fans. I love them so much. I would love it. I was completely surprised the fans jumped all over that, and I guess my tweet was an attempt to go, thank you, I appreciate that. But let's be realistic. I have to be realistic. No one wants their hopes to be dashed on the rocks of disappointment. End quote. Wow. Has a more honest quote ever been conceived? What you want and what they want is most of the time not in harmony. That's a gauntlet thrown down if I ever heard one. It's like, oh, you know. That's like prophetic. Hey, studios, you know a good idea when you hear one, but we know you guys are dumb and you don't do the smart thing ever. So, you know, I just don't want to be disappointed again. It's like. Uh, he's daring them to hire him now. Good on him, though. 
It would be perfect. It's said that the most impressive special effects are those that the audience doesn't consciously notice. If that's true, Picard visual effects supervisor Jason Zimmerman and his team should be considered some of the best in the business. This week, the accomplished Zimmerman sat down with Deadline to discuss the challenges of working on Star Trek and the importance of honoring what has come before. Zimmerman talked about the subtle work of layering effects to make sets look futuristic while still looking recognizable, like the sweeping shots of Okinawa or Boston, saying, there's a great deal of layering that goes on. I think you first sort of establish the basic geometry and layout of the city or the location that you're shooting. And then you start to go in and, and sort of dress things to camera like sky traffic, shuttles, holograms, all that sort of thing to sort of flesh the world out and, and make it feel scopy. The two-time Emmy winner also discussed the importance of past when creating new effects, telling Deadline, quote, Working with these canon things like the Enterprise and the Borg Cube and all those, it's always a little bit daunting to be responsible for something that's so revered and been depicted so many times. So what you definitely don't want to do is go back and start from scratch. I mean, you have probably the best amount of research and reference humanly possible for any show. So you definitely start there and, and want to make sure that you don't do anything that doesn't make any sense. And that's for us a very important part of the process is doing our research and sort of checking with everybody who knows the Star Trek universe to ensure that we're actually treating these things appropriately. For a link to the interview, of course, those links will be in the show notes. They put 10 forward on the wrong deck. Did they? They did. When did we ever go to 10 forward? What? What? At the very beginning when Picard has his dream. The flashback? Yeah. How was it on the wrong deck? It's it's underneath the saucer. Yeah, but you never saw the saucer from 10 forward on the show. It's on the blueprints. Yeah, but you still never saw it on... No, but... Okay, hold on, hold on. How do you know it was on the wrong deck? I don't understand what, where you're deriving that from. It's on the blueprints of the Enterprise D. If you go to the blueprints, it tells you where 10 forward is. You're such a nerd, man! Oh, my God! Uh, excuse me while I unfurl this massive blue diagram of the Enterprise to point to you... Where's Anthony? He has those blueprints. I own them, too. They're, they're great. But how did you know it's on on the wrong deck in Picard. I don't understand where you're deriving that from. They zoom in. They zoom in under the saucer and they go in to pass where the where ten forward is. It's off to the side and underneath that. Oh, I do remember. They do the camera thing that I that. missed that. I gotta go back and check that. That's interesting. I'm happy to be called out and told I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that they zoom under the lip of the saucer and then in the wrong spot. Happy to be called out if I'm wrong. I'm going to check that. Double check me. Well, captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what's happening or isn't in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Last week, Viacom CBS made a statement through StarTrek.com. It read, quote, Black Lives Matter. Black culture matters. Black communities matter. We stand in solidarity with our black colleagues, creators, partners, and audience, and condemn all acts of racism, discrimination, and senseless acts of violence. End quote. Following that statement, other Viacom CBS networks like BET, VH1, Comedy Central, and Nickelodeon paused programming for 8 minutes and 46 seconds with words that included... I can't breathe. This is certainly a nice gesture, but a gesture is really all it boils down to when a company has more money than it knows what to do with. Words, protests, picket signs, boycotts, 
They are all actions of people who do not have the financial means to make sweeping changes. It's the only way to get their voices heard, to take it to the streets. But when you're a company that makes money, words should not be your only show of support. Words don't pay for legal fees. Words alone don't fund new bills, laws, and resolutions at local and federal levels. Companies that can afford it must put their money where their mouths are. I've been carefully observing who in the Star Trek universe of things has stepped up to the plate and who has sat idly in silence throughout the entire ordeal. One such company who has remained silent is Cryptic Studios, the developers of Star Trek Online and, arguably, one of the most public-facing licensors of the Star Trek franchise. So what's the problem? Well, Joshua Rivera of The Verge had this to say, quote, Every company that has a game it wants you to play is now measuring your tolerance for silence or inaction, the way they measure where to line step with the implementation of loot boxes. The public, lacking the luxury of ignoring the real world around them, does not have to accept these minimal gestures as sufficient." End quote. Translation, to cryptic, at least as a whole, we are just metrics. We're just a number with a value of how much we've spent in the game. Those making the tough calls, they don't care about our armadas or guilds, our role-playing groups, our ship barbies, or why we even play the game. If we're logging in and hanging around Earth Space Dock or Kronos, we're telling Cryptic Studios that we don't care about their stance during this socio-political shift that is shaking this democracy to its core. Since George Floyd's death earlier this month, Cryptic has remained silent. Now, this comes as a shock to me because if you follow some of the members of the development team on their personal social media accounts, they are very vocal about their support for the Black Lives Matter movement, police reform, and other causes that promote justice, equality, and reform. Also, let's not forget, in the past, Cryptic has never shied away from running campaigns for other noble causes. Extra Life, benefiting Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals in 2014 and again in 2019, breast cancer research in October of 2019, and most recently, Star Trek Online and Neverwinter teamed up to raise funds for Chase Masterson's Pop Culture Hero Coalition and the United Way. Why does it seem as though social justice and the Black Lives Matter movement is not something they're willing to find ways to support? Now. Before you dismiss Cryptic's silence as a licensing thing, let's not forget the official Star Trek Twitter statement and the nine-minute segment run on all Viacom CBS outlets in support of Black Lives Matter. And before you say it's a corporate thing with Perfect World Entertainment, look at Extra Games, the makers of Torchlight 3, another Perfect World Entertainment title. On June 2nd, Torchlight tweeted in support of Black Lives Matter and linked to a San Francisco Chronicle article listing various organizations that need donations to support the cause. The only logical conclusion is that Cryptic's management has simply chosen to remain silent. So what to do? It's not enough to just make a statement, but that's a start. 
What is important is to follow through with actionable objectives that will contribute to the growth of our nation and the security of equal rights and liberties for all. Which leads me back to the Star Trek franchise and the game developers that we cover on a weekly basis here on Priority One. Words are not enough for these licensors, or even Viacom CBS themselves. And with all that money, their silence speaks volumes. Often as gamers, we turn to the old vote with your wallet when we get pissed over a new update, some new in-game item or some other feature that is pay-gated and we had hoped to attain for free. But right now, we need to log off. As the video game industry is booming because of stay-at-home orders, we here at Priority One are asking you to log out of the game. If metrics are what they're after, then let's demonstrate with absolute resolve that Black Lives Matter, that no one should be marginalized for their race, creed, religious beliefs, that liberty and justice for all does not come with a disclaimer. So I'm asking that you join us in staying offline and do not log into Star Trek Online on June 19th, 20th, and 21st. Don't log in to run your DOS. Don't log in to beat the Kobayashi Maru scenario for this event. Don't buy Zen. Just don't. While others are demonstrating at protests around the world, while others put themselves at risk of being assaulted by police with rubber bullets, tear gas, and batons, while others march for our lives and the future of this democracy, while people fight for a better way of life, I don't think it's too much for this gaming community to sacrifice just three days of Star Trek Online so that we can make an important point. We all need to do better. But those with the financial means, they must do more. It's not just about a post with white text on a black background. What we need is action for and financial support to organizations that drive the fight for equal rights in this nation and elsewhere. Cryptic, among others, should not only make their stance clear, but they should also commit to something. Exactly what they should commit to is up to them. But it must be more than just words. Captains, in addition to asking of you not to log in on June 19th, 20th, and 21st, Priority One will not be covering Star Trek Online until a statement is made. Captains, live long and prosper through infinite diversity in infinite combinations. You know, last week we touched on the Star Trek world's responses to the ongoing protests and the social upheaval in the United States and around the world. This week, another part of the Star Trek gaming universe has shown their support. Scopely, the makers of Star Trek Fleet Command, recently donated a million dollars to the Black Lives Matter Foundation, NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, and the Equal Justice Initiative. The company stated, quote, The time is now to listen, learn, and act for forever change. End quote. And just let me say from a personal note, this is about friends correcting friends. A lot of us have done, I'm guilty of it, of just not saying anything. That, we just gotta let it go. You know, it's not, it's not at my place. You gotta call out your friends when they make a mistake. And right now, to stay quiet, it's kind of a mistake. Agreed. Agreed. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. 
That's all we have to cover this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Last week, our first community question was, would a season-long year of hell be something you'd want to see? On Twitter, Hayden Jones writes in, if they are just going to press the reset button afterwards, then two episodes is fine. I want six episodes of the year of hell, and then have Janeway remember it and have to cope with the trauma, perhaps by stepping down as captain for an episode or two, a la TNG's family. On Twitter, Jason Smith says, I think it could have been a longer story. Year of Hell could have even had moments on the temporal agent side. Did they notice? Did they try to get there but showed up after Voyager finally won? Or did someone say, oh, it's Voyager. If they do this, and eh, we should be fine. On Twitter, Ken from Chicago writes, yes. Thanks, Ken from Chicago. Well said. And via Facebook, Ray Borg says, hell yeah, it would have been a very dark season of Voyager seeing who would have died or survived. The creator should have taken risks like they did with DS9. Guys, guys, I, I get it. Year of Hell is good and it would be a good idea, but... But can we drink a little more of the Enterprise Kool-Aid? Because I just watched Demons and Terra Prime, season four. Ooh, the, the, yeah. the season four. The penultimate episodes of the end of Enterprise. And I do not remember those episodes being that good. Season four of Enterprise, some of the best Trek ever filmed. I think every time we bring that up, uh, Elijah, you've rolled your eyes before. No, 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 no. I've, I've, I've been enjoying Enterprise for several years now. For several years now. Maybe not when it was on UPN and I was, I don't know, what was it, just 15 years ago? I was 15 or we, 20. We don't talk about UPN. <laughs> yeah. But season, those two episodes, if you have not watched Demons and Terra Prime in a while, please rewatch those episodes. I might even just rewatch them again because they are so good. First of all, Peter Weller, Peter Weller. Yeah, always I, fun. Yeah, always fun. Peter always. Weller, yeah. always. Fun. Yeah, it'd be more fun if they, if in the JJ verse they managed to tie him in, like he never aged and he was the <laughs> same guy, and he he infiltrated. It could, you know what? Grandpa. Why not? That'd be an interesting story. He inter, he infiltrated not, uh, no, no, no. Section Thirty One. Just do the Brent Spiner thing. That's his great great grandpa. Colonel Green is yes, that Admiral's great great grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he comes back and keeps playing Descendants over and over again. But here's the thing: is that it boils down to this about Star Trek. There are so many episodes, so many years, so much in the film and television canon that some of them are always going to ring true and resonate that Roddenberry DNA in context to whatever is happening in the world. That's the thing about Star Trek. Whether it's Far Beyond the Stars last week or Demons in Terra Prime during the 2016 election when people wanted to build walls, no matter what, Star Trek seems to always offer something for everyone. I have a hard time understanding how right-leaning people enjoy Star Trek. Like, when you watch Demons and Terra Prime, are you rooting for Peter Weller's character? I'm curious. I'm like, legitimately asking this question. But Star Trek has something for everyone, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Star Trek's like Nostradamus. If you do enough of it, Several of them are going to land right on the <laughs> or, bullseye. Or, or people, or this may be more true, people are going to view those things that you wrote down through the lens of the current day and go, oh, well, he predicted that. That's true. Yeah, that, true. That's more like it. Well, that wraps up episode 464 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But 
There are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley and Peter Archibald. And here's a reminder of our community question this week. Where do you think Prime Lorca is? And do you want to see him in future incarnations of Star Trek? Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and then you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, me, and the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community, including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Now, even if you can't make a financial contribution to this show, Please help spread the word about it and invite your fellow Trekkies because it's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brandon, Rand, Daniel, Roscoe, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and associate producer, Shane Hoover, with support from Advisory Panda of the Priority One Armada. Together, they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our social media manager, Anthony Cox. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, our friends. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. Follow the link. Follow the link. Follow the link. Oh my Follow god! I haven't, even, I haven't had anything to drink. I haven't, I haven't drank anything. Nothing. Nothing. Alcohol has not touched my lips. There's a Holiday Inn right there, which is kind of nice. I mean, literally across the street. 
actually, that Holiday Inn is a resort Holiday Inn, Skiffy, and it, too, is very expensive. Oh, have you been chilling at the Holiday Inn? I have I have not, but I thought <laughs> to chill at the hotel, motel, Holiday Inn, <laughs> resort so, in Las Vegas. Cat, do I have to pay licensing just for saying that? I probably do. That's parody. That's parody <laughs> slash satire. It was in context. I mean, it's in context. logged in as priority one on our Twitch channel? Few viewers were shocked, but Isaac's compelling per... per, per I haven't been drinking either, <laughs> for the record. I think that's the problem. Maybe that is the problem. I need to go I know, I need to go spike, I know. spike my drink here. I don't know. Cat is fishing a cat out from behind her chair. Oh. I, I'm, make, I'm making good radio while, we, while that happens. Oh, oh my God. Then the, the desk, the chair. Oh, I think the cat is protesting. The cat protested. I would, I would agree. Yes, yeah, that, the, the cat the protested. Cat was... It's uh, it's forceful removal from the recording environment. No, see, what you don't know is that I have a new dog in the house that wants to oh. eat the cat. So it was for his ah. safety. <sighs> I believe. Because yeah, that's called a Scooby snack. There was drama. <laughs> yeah, well, Scooby needs to not snack on the cat. Okay, sorry. All right, set us up for... Crisis averted, though yes. I am injured. Yeah, it, it looked like that cat was panicking somehow, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the dog it. was... Yeah. yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was close. All right, so he's not supposed to leave his <laughs> you room. Sent, you sent the dog to his room. <laughs> oh, the cat. No, the, the cat. Well, and the, he definitely the wasn't The cat happy and dog are in the same room, and now it's Thunderdome. <laughs> well, I don't think the dog would survive, honestly. That cat was mm. mad, so. Okay. We can start. <laughs> Where was I? I got distracted with Lorca and didn't see the disaster coming. Uh, uh, okay. Star Trek is... Oh shoot! Who's the pro? Um, not not Nosferatu. Jeez, why am I slipping? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the prof- it's a parodying him. Uh, the uh, the guy who wrote all the prophecies. Uh, Nostradamus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Podcast. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.